I'm excited for this series for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one, because when we were kind of talking about series, this was one of the ideas I got really pumped up about because I think this topic of uh, spiritual gifts, okay, and the, the, what the Bible talks about, about spiritual gifts is really important for the church to understand uh, because this is, this is the outward expression of the inward reality of what God's doing, right? Okay, that, that's what spiritual gifts are. Like, it, it, it's, you know, if you've been around church for a long time, you probably heard people say, you know, you seek the giver and not the gift, okay? But the gift is a reality, right? The giver, God, the Father, has given gifts. And he's given us gifts to put on display. And, and very simple, three simple things. And we'll, we've talked about this and we're going to continue to talk about it. Really, there's three simple things, okay, that the gifts are there for. Number one is for personal and mutual edification. We should all walk away encouraged when gifts are on display, okay? Number two, it's for worship. We should be lifting up, uh, actually, there really, there's, there's four things, I guess. Um, uh, there, uh, we should be lifting up the Lord in worship, okay? Number three, it's the outreach. It's the world should see and should, should experience this. And, and number four, I guess we're going to add a fourth one. It's just about the overall maturity, right, of the body. We just are constantly growing. Uh, I, so we just summed up the whole series in a nutshell. Boom, see you later. God bless you, right? <laughs> But when we unpack them and we dig into them, we start to understand how the gifts operate. We understand where the Lord has maybe gifted us and maybe where he wants to stretch us and use us, where he wants to like us to grow and be stretched um, in, in observing or participating in or celebrating uh, other gifts being used by other people. And, and when things come together, it's not just about like us being, oh, look at me, I'm awesome. I did these things. I saw these things or anything like that. But it's about the, 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 the totality, the wholeness, the, 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 the grandiose plan of God, how it all works together like a beautiful tapestry, right? That's, that's the, the vision and that's the heart. And that's the reason why the Bible talks about um, this so much. Let me just read 1 Corinthians 12 and then we'll pray, okay? And, and this is all. Everything I just said, it's my, my name's Eddie. It's my Bible. It's edified, right? The edified version of what you're about to just read right here. Boom, there. Check it out. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers I do, and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one is, in, uh, is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different gifts but the same spirit that distrib distributes them. There are different services, but the same Lord. There are different workings, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Right? Everything we just said, right? That's what Paul's saying. It's this common good. It's like there's this beautiful tapestry of the body of Christ, the kingdom of God. And there is, uh, and there, uh, to one there is given through the spirit, a message of wisdom to another, knowledge by the means of the same spirit, to another faith uh, by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing um, by that spirit, and to another miraculous powers, another prophecy. So gifts of healing, uh, miraculous powers, another gift of prophecy, and the distinguishing between spirits, and to another uh, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another interpretation of tongues. All of these work one and in the same spirit, uh, and he distributed, distributes them to each one, just as he determines. Okay. Today, we're going to highlight and we're going to chat about uh, this whole idea about miraculous powers and healing, healing and miraculous powers. It's like I, this week I was thinking about this. I was like, I was excited to, to share. We, we, as a teaching team, we kind of talked, hey, what, 
what are some things we each want to feel like we feel like we want to zoom in on? And this is one of the ones I wanted to zoom in on. But then when you unpack it, you're like, why did I want to do this again? No, I'm shocked. <laughs> but no, but it's a lot. It's kind of a big deal. It's a big deal for a lot of reasons. Number one, it's a big deal because it's a it's it's a it's a meaty topic that we kind of have to trim down a little bit. But also number two, it's like, ah, crazy. This is the crazy side of things. All right. Let me pray and then I'll I'll share with you exactly some fun stories and, and we'll break down some scripture. But um, Father, thank you so much for this time, for our friends, that we all get to be here together. Be with us, speak through me so I can communicate your word appropriately. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <laughs> well, let me tell you a couple stories and then we'll dive in, right? Well, this will kind of be our icebreaker. Is this, is this water on open? I'm snagging this. A uh, couple stories and then, then, then we'll uh, dive in. So I just told you 20 years, uh, uh, this next coming year, I'll be in full-time ministry. And I remember when I first got into ministry, it wasn't my year one or year two, but it was somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, I was a youth pastor in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I was um, on a team. We had a large youth ministry. And I was on a team of like three or four people. And uh, the main, I was the associate youth pastor. I was, I guess, the number two, right, in the hierarchical structure, if you want to go there. And uh, somehow, uh, in my first year or two, I was supposed to, because I was pastoral staff, I was supposed to receive the pastor on call cell phone. Now, if you don't know what that is, uh, my old church used to have a cell phone. If you've been around ministry, you've probably experienced this, where uh, if there was a benevolence need, if there was a concern, if there was any, not a concern, like, uh, like these are real needs, like you could call the pastor on call cell phone, and once a week, it would rotate from one pastor to the next, to the next, to the next. Okay, so somehow in my first little bit, I had never received the pastor on call cell phone. But I think in the scheduling, they realized, wait, it's been X amount of time. Eddie's never got it. We're going to give this young buck, okay? We're just going to give it him on a loop, okay? And I don't remember the exact um, ratio, but I remember there was like a six-week stretch where I'm pretty sure I was handing it away. And they were like, nah, bro, you on the schedule. And I was like, I was just on the schedule. I, mean, I think someone was in there like changing the schedule but it was the type of thing, man. It was it was it was worse than the relay race. I'm telling, like, like you'd be some weeks you'd be so ready to give up that phone, you'd just be chucking it into somebody's office. You'd, you'd pull up next to them in the car, drive by, throw the phone in their car, and speed off. Because sometimes we got some wild phone calls, wild phone calls. Like, there's one thing to get the phone call, like, hey, would you pray for me? A loved one passed away. Hey, can you get a hospital visit? Oh, man, praise God. I don't, I don't, I'm not excited those things happen, but, but that's one plus one equals two. Like, it, it, it easily computes. But I got some phone calls sometimes that were wild. Let me tell you one of the stories. I'm sitting in my office. I can, I can, I can take you back exactly to this one. Um, and, and I'm new. I, I don't know if this was the first call I ever got, but it was up there. It was one of the first few. Sit in my office, the phone rings, you know, your eyes get big, you don't know, like, this is go time, what's going to happen? I pick up the phone, Eddie Johnson, uh, International Church of Las Vegas, da-da-da-da-da. And then the person begins to talk to me and they say, I need you to come to my house to perform an exorcism. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, 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 what? <laughs> How do you spell that? I usually come to my house and perform an exorcism. Uh-oh, uh, excuse me? <laughs> an exor what? Like, you mean like the movie? Like, like, priests with holy water type of stuff? We really do this? We do this exorcism thing? And I don't remember the context of the story, but it was someone who had just moved into a new home, and they felt like it was a haunted or it was possessed. 
I'm like, I don't even know. And I remember thinking, I got to go do an exorcism. How do I do that? <laughs> Let me go ahead and read some, some things. Don't, don't Google exorcism online, you know, just let you know right now. Don't do that. Don't do that. You don't want to worry. Don't, don't, you don't want to focus on what comes up. But I remember thinking, okay, let me get my bag together and throw my Bible in there and start walking to my car. And I stop and talk to one of my pastoral mentor type of people. I'm like, hey, like, uh, these people want me to come to an exorcism. He goes, we don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, he goes, call him back, pray for him over the phone, tell him, like, you know, Jesus name something, something, something. I don't <laughs> Not really. We got more, give him more than that. But you get the point, right? And, and actually, actually, I do remember the, 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 the couple of the processes where, number one, we prayed for them, and number two, we told them, like, hey, like, there's nothing. I, me saying in Jesus' name is no different than you saying in Jesus' name. So if you really got something going on in Jesus' name, go out there and go talk to that thing, whatever's in there. Um, but that was wild. Like, one of your first phone calls, you get an exorcism in a house. Uh, another time I remember getting a phone call. Uh, this one is more on the, 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 okay, God, yes, God, amen, Lord. I get a phone call from a guy. He's clearly um, in tears. He's frustrated. He's sad. He's emotional. You can tell by being on the phone with him. And he tells me that, and I might butcher the specific details of the story, but he tells me that his brother um, is going in for some more cancer treatments, and his brother had brain cancer, and that... Um, uh, it wasn't looking good, and he was preparing to have a surgery. And I believe this is his brother's second go around with having this type of tumor or cancer or whatever exactly it was. Um, and the guy just kind of wanted to share. And he just and and and, and typically, uh, and I remember even being on the phone. We think we're on the phone for like two hours or more. And I remember even someone coming to my office and being like, "Hey, you still on that call? You should kind of like, hey, like it's good to be there for people, but like, like." Don't get sucked in because, you know, the phone call does ring and sometimes you got to protect your own self, right? Because you get too many emotional things, too many heavy things, man, that's going to weigh you down. But felt like I should be on the call with him. And, and the guy begins to tell me about some of the pain that's happened in his family, some of the, the, the bitterness, some of the, the sin, some of the different things that's happened in, in his family. Um, not just his brother and him, but some other folks and how he, he's the only believer. I believe his brother lived in Canada or something like that. And he just kind of was like, man, I just, I'm just... I just don't know, and, and I'm, I'm hurting for my bro. And, um, and we actually prayed some forgiveness over some family members. And I said, man, the Lord, I think just wants to, like, heal you. And, like, you, not even your brother right now, like, touch your heart, like, and maybe some of this unforgiveness, some of this bitterness, and, and praying over different family members. And finally, we get to the end of the conversation. We get to praying for his brother. And I'll never forget, 24 hours later, about 24 hours later, I don't even think, I think it was less than 24 hours. I think it was the first phone call I got the next morning. Um, the man calls me and says, they were preparing my brother for surgery and there's nothing. They're like, doctors are like, hey, let's, I'll, I'm not a doctor if you couldn't tell, okay? And the doctors are preparing him for surgery and there's like, yeah, we don't know what we're doing here. There's nothing to work on. There's no cancer, no tumor, no whatever it was, right? It's gone. And I want to make this crystal clear. I don't, I'm not saying, oh, have Eddie come pray for you. I'll lay hands on you. You know, give me 25 cents and I'll give you the sweat rag that I prayed. Don't, don't do that. I'm not starting a telethon. I'm not doing anything like that. And, and I prayed for people before and they weren't healed. 
But there was something powerful about that specific one that always stayed with me. So when we talk today about healing and miracles, I want, this is going to be more teaching, more information. In the end, we're going to kind of, we're going we're to give you the, you know, there, there's the information, the affirmation, the inspiration, right? We're going to give you a little bit of all of it today. But in the beginning, there's going to be a lot of information. And here's the key thing I want you to know. And you will hear me, uh, I get to share one more time in this series, and I'll say it again, and you might hear other of our uh, team say this, but when it comes to um, this conversation, the theology, the idea, the talk, the thought process behind spiritual gifts, there's a lot of opinions out there. There's a lot of ideologies, there's a lot of books, there's a lot of sermons, a lot of thoughts that everyone has. And, and here's what Redeemed Church has stacked hands as your leadership to say as a teaching saint, we are not going to be defined by our circumference, but we're going to be defined by our center. In other words, if we want to go out to the edge, we can find a lot of wild and crazy things on every end of the spectrum about what to believe, about what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. And specifically, this topic of healing and miraculous powers. You can find people on one extreme who, it, 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 you can, some people love Bethel Church, some people hate Bethel Church. You can have people who love Benny Hinn and hate Benny Hinn. I don't, I'm not a big Benny Hinn fan, but I know my sister got healed at a Benny Hinn crusade. What do I do with that? I'm not a big fan, but I know my sister got healed of a back, a back injury. So we can talk about the, the circumference. We can talk about the edges, or we can go to the other extreme where people say that stuff doesn't happen anymore. I, I argue with that, but if that's you, I, I remember hearing... I will quote Bill Johnson, pastor at Bethel Church, like him, don't like him, doesn't matter. The quote I think is true. He says, people judge me and say I built theology on my experience. But he said, I would challenge, I think you build your theology on your lack of experience. I think a lot of us kind of get to that place. I've never seen it. I've never experienced it. So it must be true. It must not be true. I'm actually not even picking sides or pointing fingers at either of those. Because on the edges of this topic, we're going to have a lot of disagreement. We could, or we could foster, I should say, a lot of disagreement. But at the center and the heart of it, I think there's a gospel truth that Redeemed Church says there's going to be some wild extreme things that are going to happen, and we're going to be like, whoa, that was God. And there's going to be some wild extreme things where that happened, and Redeemed Church is going to be like, hey, that's, that's not God. That's not us. And that's okay. That's okay. Your personal preference might be more over here. Your personal preference might be more over there. It's okay. It's okay. As long as we stack hands on what the center is, we're not going to get too consumed over the circumference of things because the edges are not going to be what define us. But the heartbeat of what the Lord says is what's going to be defined us. So let's define some terms. When we talk healing, and we talk miraculous powers, okay? And, and there's going to be some, some push and pull here. But, but healing, healing as typically, most of the time, this is not all healing. But most of the time when we talk about healing power, we mean the instantaneous, miraculous healing enabled by God's power. And I want to stress the first two words, instantaneous and miraculous. I, 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 I put those in specifically. I read some books. I read through the Bible. And I said, I want to make sure we put these two words in because typically when we're talking about healing, we're talking about the instantaneous. My leg was broken. Now it's not. I had cancer. Now it's gone, right? 
Something happened, something transformational happened, and it happened outside of uh, medical understanding or medical knowledge, right? Or medical intervention. Typically, now, that is not all healing. That is not all healing. I'm gonna say it again. That is not all healing. But when we talk about miraculous healing or supernatural healing, typically when we talk about it, we're referring to this. We're gonna unpack more of healing at the very end, because I do think healing is much more than instantaneous. I do think it's progressive. I do think there are different ways and different shapes and forms healing wants to take place. And quite frankly, if you're asking me, I do believe that guy I prayed for almost 20 years ago, that his brother was healed of cancer. I do believe that part of the healing came not because we prayed for some supernatural prayer, because I think there was some brokenness in the family. And I think the Lord wanted to, wanted to stir some stuff up. That's my personal opinion. You could agree, you could disagree. But that's what I felt like the Lord was doing. Doesn't mean he's going to do it again. Doesn't mean he's not going to do it again. But that's what I felt in that moment. So when we talk healing, we're talking mostly, and for most of the context of the sermon, we're talking instantaneous, miraculous healing enabled by God. That is not the only kind of healing. I'm going to say that again. That way no one hashtag, Eddie only believes this, Eddie believes that. Nah, G, chill out. <laughs> when we talk about miraculous powers, we're talking about the effectual results of God's power. So this is when God's supernatural takes over the natural. This is when God intervenes and says, son, stand, stand still, right? If you know your Joshua. This is where, yo, we're going to walk on some water, <laughs> all right? This is where we're going to do some things that don't make no sense, but we're just going to do them, okay? That's where God's power supersedes the natural order of things because he wants to do it for whatever reason he felt like he wanted to do it. Good. It's between him and whoever he's working on on that one. So, we had to define some terms. Uh, there is a, a pastor who I love. Um, I've read a few books of his and kind of one of those pastors when I was young in ministry. Somehow I got hip to him. Um, uh, and, and I just, I've always like, um, uh, just, I've read like I think three of his books, something like that. And I know he has a book on spiritual gifts and it was like the first source I went to. It's a pastor. I think he might even have his doctor now, maybe not, David Lim. And um, in one of his books, uh, Fresh Look at Spiritual Gifts, he actually comes up with a chart. So I want to talk about what do we believe? Within Redeemed Church, okay, within the teaching team, within the leadership of Redeemed Church, we would all stack hands and say, now I didn't go around surveying the entire leadership of Redeemed Church, but knowing the, 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 the friends of Redeemed Church that I know, I can tell you this is what we believe. So chart number one, let me, let me break this down to you, okay? All right, check this out. A little bit of teaching, okay? So David Lim, in his book, and this, he, he's using 1 Corinthians 14 as a reference. Um, you can quibble with some of the specifics of this. But once again, we're not talking about the edges. We're talking about the heartbeat of this. Um, he breaks down uh, the gifts into three categories. Technically, he does four, but in this chart, he only uses three. The fourth category would be like the serving gifts, um, like hospitality, gifts, acts of service, helps, things like that. That easily can go into the second category. But he breaks them down. He says the church needs all three types of gifts. The word of wisdom, word of knowledge, he puts into the teaching gift. These are designed uh, for the teaching, instruction, discipleship, and building of the church, okay? The, the, the under part, the teaching part, those are my kind of, uh, uh, that's my version of what he's saying to some of his thoughts and to my words, okay? Then, and, and I want you to remember, the T, okay? The teaching gifts, the T, okay? And then he has the ministry to the church and the world, the M, 
faith, healing, works of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits. Once again, I would say you could add a, a hospitality, acts of service. You could add those things in here as well. And I think that's good. And I want you to focus on the M for a second. And that's activating and mobilizing the people of God into service. Okay, and then he has the gifts that, that function more of an act of worship, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and the focus on the W, worship, designed to lift up the Lord and encourage the church. That's encourage the church both corporately and individually, right? Okay, the edification. And then this is the part where I want to focus on now, okay? So T-M-W. The church needs every part of the spiritual gifts. The church needs everything that the Lord has handed out for its encouragement, for its betterment, and its strengthening. And when you start to miss part, you start to miss the heart, one aspect of the heart of God. Here's what I mean by it. Let's go to the next slide. See, when you have the teaching and you have the mobilizing of ministry, but you don't have the worship, there's no celebration, and that's boring. That sucks. I'm trying to kick it. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. you know what I mean? I'm trying to have some fun. I'm not just trying to sit here and just read some like dissertation on, on transubstantiation and how many angels can dance on the head of a pin and whether or not Adam Eve had belly buttons. Nah, gee, I'm good. And you can do that and you can go feed the homeless at the rescue mission and you can be a very, oh, look at us, we just did some good today. I don't know why the English accent came out with that, but maybe you do that <laughs> Tiny Tim style. But I need Sue's up here. I need Kevin and Jason. I need not just the worship team, but I need my own personal time. I need to throw on some Maverick City music. I need to just walk down the street and just be like, ah, oh, God is good. I need to celebrate. Because if we don't, if we have the teaching and we have the ministry, but we don't have the worship, that's boring. Oh, or what if you did this? You have the teaching and you have the worship. You're like, oh, man, Marty. Oh, Liz. Okay, amen. Yes, amen. Oh, we got the word. Okay, we got some songs. We groove and we doing our thing. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But then you don't go out to the world. And when, uh, and when homeless people are walking past, you're not blessing them and giving them a care package. When your neighbor's in need, you're not serving you're not, yo, I'm going to keep it a buck. I'm going to go there, and y'all going to get mad at me, or you're going to love me, and I don't care. I'm just, I've been around a long time. You can't get rid of me. I'm, I'm like furniture. <laughs> yo, if you're not serving our kids or serving our youth or serving an alpha or serving in a life group or greeting at the door or doing security or doing sound or cleaning up or setting up or tearing down, you are missing part of the heartbeat of what God wants to do. Because it ain't just about the good feelings, the teaching and the worship. It's about the service. It's about, yo, you got to get on your grind, homeboy. Right? You got to get on your grind, homegirl. I'm telling you right now, Kendra and I are so glad we have Camille. You know why we're so glad we have Camille? Because we've been waiting for a long time. When she's a little bit older, we should give her some chores. Okay? <laughs> okay? This is what you get to do because you're a part of this family. Come on now. Wash them dishes. Okay? <laughs> Take out that trash so your daddy don't have to, okay? <laughs> if you're not giving and going out into the world and, and going on mission, literally and figuratively, yeah. come on now. Yeah. If you're not on mission here inside the body of Christ, but you got a good sermon, a good worship, you're missing out. There's no discipleship. There's no outreach. Or 
if you've got the mission and you're serving people and you've got the worship, it's fun, but you don't have the discipleship and the teaching. Someone once told me, force without form makes you a fanatic. You're in disarray. Yo, I, this, this world, this, this, I'm going to say it, but I don't, I don't mean it entirely, but I'm going to say it because I just feel like I just want to, I want to say it. I want to be, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, yo, I'm just going to, right, I'm going to do it. I am, I am all for social justice. And if you know me, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say it's, I have a heart for that. I'm just going to leave it at that. But I think when you have a mission and you have passion but you don't have a firm foundation, this is where all the negative traits of being a social justice warrior come from. It's because you're so passionate and you are so righteous, but you ain't got no common sense. And I'm with it, yo, I'm with it. I'll go to war with you, homie, I'll go to war with you. But why are we going to war again, okay? Can we just get that clarification on why I'm doing this? I'll, you know, I'll protest, I'll pray, I'll do whatever, but let's make sure we know why we're doing it. Okay, I'm going to go there and, and, you know, hey, yo, it's easy to do that. I can play the black card and be like, what? You can't say nothing to me, okay? Uh, I just went there too. <laughs> and no, you can't, you can't come at me. I'm, 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 I'm bulletproof in that regard. <laughs> My point here is the church is when we lack any component of this, when you pull out any one, and God forbid you pull out any two of these elements, the, the, the discipline, the teaching, the word, the passion, the joy, the celebration, the being on mission, and the going and getting what God has for us and what God's told us to do. Because quite frankly, the, the, the on mission, that's also an act of obedience. Yeah. Like, like, hear me when I'm saying this. Like, I'm not putting anybody down. Because going on mission is an act of obedience. What does Jesus say? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. What did Jesus say in Luke 4? Yo, I came here to bind some stuff up because there's some people who are broke. Like, he didn't, like, say some metaphorical stuff. He was like, there's people who are captive. There's people who can't eat and can't, there's people who got no food and can't see and they can't walk and they can't, they can't do the things that I have. I designed them one way, but the world's fractured everything because of sin. And Jesus said, I came to bind all that up, supernaturally and naturally. I truly do believe that. But when you have all three, we don't have a slide for this because I think you get it. When you have all three, I love what Marty says. That's why you have the church on the move. That's where you have the church in action, the church in motion, the church activated. We really do believe that's what redeemed church is supposed to look like. A church that's grounded in, in the word and in the teaching and the gifts that disciple and build up and critique it's okay to get, it, yo, everyone's it's okay to get checked. It's okay. You're going to live. Your emotions will heal. Okay? The Bible says better is an open rebuke than a hidden love. I, I know it's in Psalms. Psalms or Proverbs, but excuse me for not having the reference. I, I usually have it. That's one of those ones I had memorized for a while. I can't remember right now. Better is an open rebuke than a hidden love. It's okay to get corrected. It's okay. It's okay if Kurt says something to you that you're like, hey, you could do better. It's okay. We'll do it the right way, right time, right space. It's okay if you say something to Kurt. Right place, right time, right space, okay? It's okay. It's okay. Hey, like, you know, I'm not talking about those little critiques, right? As a body of Christ, it's okay if you come to me. Hey, Eddie, it's okay. But it's also okay if you say, yo, you're awesome. Let's yeah. do this. It's also okay if you say, yo, let's take this hill and let's storm this hill together and let's go love some people. Let's love the hell out of some people. You got to have all three. 
So, and moving on, because we do want to leave some time again to pray. For most of what I'm going to share for this last part here, we're going to talk about specifically healing, the instantaneous miraculous healing, okay? Only because when we kind of give some, 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 Theology and some ideology, some some, uh, some some theology and some foundation and some uh, boundaries behind that. It really that that that's the one that the supernatural healing. That's the one that really like people kind of almost obsess over. Like, what do we believe? What do we think? The miraculous part, I think, in some ways is I don't know. If, I don't know. I was thinking about this. I don't know if it's because it's less personal, right? I think healing is personal, so I think we take that really personally, right? So we're going to talk specifically about healing, but but you could almost always just insert miraculous powers anytime I say healing. Okay. So, what do we know? What do we know? Here's a few things we know. Healing is in God's nature and a part of his plan. Healing is in God's nature and it's a part of his plan. I think it should be on the slides because I got a bunch of verses here. Okay. It's in the Old Testament. 1 Kings 13, this is, I just pulled out one. I could have pulled out 50, but we ain't got time for 50. Hopefully you read your Bible, okay? There's a lot of good stuff in there. Then the king said to the man of God, I love the fact here, this story, and this, this, this conversation, King Jeroboam. I love the fact it doesn't even tell you who the person is. It just says the man of God. It could have been Darby. It could have been Marty. It could have been Diego. It could have been Brian. It could have been Tony. It could have been anybody. It could have been Ken, it could have been Kevin, it could have been Kurt, it could have been anybody, it could have been Phil, it could have been Tyler, okay? It could have been Liz, it could have been Kendra, it could have been Angela, it could have been anybody. The king said to the man of God, intercede with, with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand, the king's hand, long story short, the king's hand shriveled up when he was wilding out and being stupid and crazy, okay? My version, the Bible gets into more detail, we ain't got time for all that right now. So the man of God interceded with the Lord, and the king's hand was restored as it was before. Like this idea that God's miraculous powers was like a one-and-done thing. No, this is the, the, the foundation of the world. He shows up, and he starts moving. And at, from the beginning, he's always involved the men and women of God in his process. We see it in Jesus Luke chapter 4, I said it earlier, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor and he sent me to proclaim the freedom to the prisoner, covering of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What do we know? We know that healing is a part of God's plan. It's part of his nature. And he's involved us, which is the next thing. Countless times throughout the Bible, we are told to pray and act in faith. John 14, 14, Jesus, you may ask anything in my name and I will do it. But there's another time where Jesus says, a little bit later, he says, you'll do even greater things than you saw me do. But how do we know this is, how do we know that this is part of our reality? It's because it was in the Old Testament. Jesus modeled it himself and then he even said, you do it. Ephesians chapter 3, now to him, the apostle Paul wrote these words, now to him who's able to immeasurably more than I could ask or imagine according to the power that has worked within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. Paul says, 
to him is able to do immeasurably more than I could ask or imagine. I can imagine everyone in here being healed and set free. So how much more could God do? I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I could imagine a church that's so blessed and so philanthropic and so generous that they just give the shirt off their back and they give all their resources. If I can imagine that, how much more can God do? Okay, I'm not, that's not no prosperity gospel. Don't, don't get bent out of shape. I ain't flying no jet when I go home from here. Y'all, most of y'all see my van, all right? I ain't, I ain't like, yo, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't trying to go like that. I'm just being honest. I know, I know the blessing of God. I know the blessing of God is sometimes material, praise God. Most of the time it's not, and I'm good with that too. When the material comes, yo, let's go. Yo, we going, we going to the Ram and eating out after this. Let's have fun. Yo, forget the Ram. We're going to Anthony's. Let's go. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. There's also nothing wrong with saying, hey, we're going get to a, get a meal at the dollar menu at McDonald's, and we're going to sit down and be together because we're one big happy family. I like both of those things. To me, I'm not, I'm not picking and choosing, man. If Jason's like, yo, let's go get coffee, but I'm on a budget, so we drinking water, cool. <laughs> but if also someone's be like, hey, we're going to go just go sit at the bar and have a sip, praise God, I, I want to be with my brothers and sisters. I want to be with my family, be with my friends. I want to encourage each other. I want to go together and be on mission. I want to do things like Alpha and, and see the world be set free and loved and encouraged. Why I want to do it? Because I can picture it. If I can picture it, God has a bigger imagination than I do. How do we know this stuff to be true? Because it's an act of encouragement and an act of evangelism. When you actually read in the New Testament, most of the crazy healing miracle stuff happened outside of the church and to non-believers. Huh. Go figure. It didn't happen when they were, some of them happened, Hey, let's get together and pray for, for this brother or sister right here. Let's pray for Andrea. Let's pray for Olivia. Let's pray for Gareth. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, God, God moved. But read it. It's a lot of times when they were like out and about, hustling, bustling. And they're like, yo, you need prayer? Let's pray right now. Acts chapter what? Acts chapter six? No, thir- no, after, Acts, Acts chapter three. Peter, 11 through 16. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people, oh, let me, oh, so I'm sorry. I only put it in the second half of this because uh, the whole thing is just really long. Um, there's the, the lame beggar sees Peter and John, and he says, hey, do you have any money for me? Verse 6, Peter and John, uh, excuse me, not, uh, Peter says, uh, silver and gold I do not have for you, but uh, this is what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Out in the marketplace, out and about, chilling in the, in the town square, chilling in the Lakewood Town Center. And they prayed for him. And and verse 11, the man got up and the man held on to Peter and John and all the people were astonished. And they came running to the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness, (laughs) we made this dude walk? It wasn't me. I'm a conduit from him through me to you. But yo, I'm out. This is fascinating. They weren't in the church. They were chilling at the town center, hanging out at Hop, Hop and Jops or whatever the name of that place is. They changed the name a couple of times, Hop and Drops. 
And they said this, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of your fathers has glorified your servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate. Though he had decided to, though Pilate decided to let him go, you disowned the holy righteous one and asked that a murderer be released. You killed the author of life. But God, greatest words right in the Bible, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this by faith in the name of Jesus. This man you see by, uh, by faith in the name of Jesus. This man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through him and has completely healed him as you can all see. How do we know that healing and miracles and all this stuff is God's plan? Because when you see that happen, when you pray for someone over the phone who's been healed of cancer, when you pray for someone on a mission trip, when you pray for someone uh, in your community, when you see a guy who you know can't walk, when you see someone who can't talk, when you see someone who's distressed, and you see the instantaneous miraculous change that happens, you will be encouraged. The world will get saved. They will be like, what the heck just happened? What just happened? There's also a truth about healing that we cannot ignore. I said clearly earlier, for the most part, when we talk about healing, the instantaneous and miraculous. But the reality is that doesn't always happen, and it doesn't always happen that I have no idea why. I got a couple thoughts I can give you, but I don't have control over that one. But here's what I would like to point out. I took a couple of different quotes from different people and put them together. So this is a couple of different things because I thought this just perfectly illustrates, I think, what God's heart is in the grand scheme of healing. Because I said healing is instantaneous, miraculous. That's what we're talking about, but that's not all healing. So if we're going to macro, if we're going to go big picture, capital H, capital E, capital A, capital L, heal, healing, I think this is God's vision. Physical healing is not the goal of the believer's life. Jason, you can go ahead and come up. We'll, make, we'll set the mood right, right? I'll read this whole Jason's plan, right? It's like, oh, yeah. It's like, it's like 25% more spirit-led when the music's playing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't supposed to tell you that. That's like the secret. That's the church secret. Sorry. So sorry, pastors all over the world. Oh, millions watching this on the Redeem YouTube channel. Send us 25 cents. We'll send you the Redeem hanky, Kurt Sweat. You'll get, no, I'm shaking. I'm not going to say <laughs> Physically healing is not the goal of the believer's life. Come on now. I'm going to say that again. That's a hard pill to swallow. Physical healing is not the goal. It's not God's goal of the believer's life. I, I think I always believed that. But in preparing the sermon, I had to, like, confess that. Like, physical healing is not the goal that God has for your life. How do I know that? Because I know a lot of people who have impairments, handicaps, deficiencies, pain. Excuse me for not being politically correct. That's not my goal is to be insensitive. The goal is just to paint a reality is I know a lot of amazing people who have learning disabilities who they could preach circles around me. I know people who have speech impediments, people who have physical disabilities, some mental disabilities and whatnot, who they love Jesus times 50,000 times more than me. And they make me look bad. They make you look bad too, but I'm just going to take it on me. <laughs> physical ability was never connected to spiritual maturity. 
The two aren't connected. But because healing is so personal, and, I'm, and, and I get it. We, we, man, please hear my heart when I say this. I am not minimizing, marginalizing, criticizing anyone or anything. But I do recognize simply this. We all want to be well and healthy and strong and able. And because that, we as humans, in our frailty, in our fallen nature, we've attached ability, okay, physical ability, to preference, to being better, to being, to being whatever, right? We do it with looks, right? When someone's more attractive, read the studies, they actually get more things, right? People who are more attractive get more benefits and blessings and more hookups, right? It's the same idea. Why do the most wealthy people in the world, okay, why do they get free stuff? They eat for free? That don't make no sense. Tom Brady should be eating for free, okay? You know what I'm saying? No respect to Russell Wilson. I know he's persona non grata in this territory now. But Russell Wilson shouldn't be eating for free. He got enough money to pay for his food, okay? We've attached, we, we've, human beings, we're fallen. We've attached, we've put attachments on things that the Lord never put attachments on things. That's why there are stereotypes. That's why there's racism. That's why there's sexism. That's why there's all these isms that are trash and a waste of time. But once again, we got to deal with them because that's human fallen nature. And one of them is ableism, yo. We, we celebrate people, and I'm not, I'm not getting into that. Let me read this. Physical healing is not the goal of the believer's life. God cares more about your salvation and your spiritual maturity than he does your healing. God cares more about your emotional healing than your physical healing. We see it countless times, countless examples in scripture and circumstances that were less than ideal. The health, the wealth, the enemies, the opportunities, all sorts of issues showed up. But God still moved. But God. I said earlier, the greatest words in the Bible, but God. Not everyone experiences the instantaneous miraculous healing, but we can, we all will receive complete healing. You may not get the instantaneous miraculous healing, but you will receive complete healing in Jesus' name. You might walk with a limp, but you will have complete healing in Jesus' name. You may perish, you may fall, you may, you may, you, 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 or you might get wounded, you might get beat up, but you will be completely healed. In Jesus' name. Because it's not just about the instantaneous miraculous, it's about the fact that the Lord is doing something deeper, more wonderful, more beautiful. Do I fully know why God does what he does? No. But here's a couple thoughts I have. Maybe he's developing something in you. We can talk about Paul. If you know the Apostle Paul, the Bible says he had a thorn in his flesh. It buffeted him. He said to keep him from getting too proud. I don't know, but maybe God's doing something in you. Maybe there's something he's trying to work out of you, right? Maybe he's got a different plan. I think sometimes we think, Lord, heal me, heal me, heal me, and pray. But the Lord's like, I actually don't want to heal you. Because I'm going to use that as a testimony down the road. Have you ever heard of this great preacher, Dave Revere? Look him up sometime. He was wounded in combat, and he's, 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 he's been scarred. But he's turned his scars into a ministry, international ministry. Sometimes the Lord's like, yo, your wound, your pain, I want to use it as a testimony. I want to put you on a platform and a stage you wouldn't otherwise have. Or maybe it's not even that. Maybe he's just saying you're going to learn and grow in a way that you never thought you would learn and grow before. 
Don't forget, it could be spiritual warfare. There could be battles going on in the heavenlies you have no understanding of, no awareness of. It could be sin. Let's be honest, sometimes we're the ones who got in the way. Hey, yo, I'm a big dude. But you know what? I'm going to tell myself. I've been telling everybody else. I'm telling myself. I got no business praying. Like, Lord, help, Lord, help me lose 50 pounds if I go to the drive-thru McDonald's after this. <laughs> Some of us don't, we don't, there's this common sense. Uh, that's actually my next point, but I'm skipped it. Or we don't ask the face. So here's what you do. Here's what you do. Five things. Five things to do. While you're waiting on healing. While you're pressing in for healing. Number one, draw near to God, move everything out of the way. Draw near to God, move everything out of the way. Draw near to God, move everything out of the way. One more time, draw near to God, move everything out of the way. We got stuff in the way between you and the Lord. Sin, anxiety, fear. I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't deal with that stuff. You really should deal with the realities of those things. But draw near to God, move everything out of the way. Number two, examine your life, use common sense. This is where you're like, if you got some anxiety... Man, I got Jesus and a therapist. Praise the Lord. Come on now. Yo, I need to lose some weight. You got Jesus and you got Jenny Craig. Okay, now, come on now. Yo, I got whatever. You got Jesus and you got me and whoever else you need to get. Examine your life. Are there things going on in your world that you can change that are impediment to healing? Draw near to God. Examine your life. Use common sense. Point number three, remember you're in a war. Yo, when it gets hot and heavy and you're sweating and you're on the front lines and you're limping and you're beat up, you're like, yo, you better pick up that phone and be like, hey, yo, Ed, will you pray for me? I need a, I need, I need a battle buddy. I need someone to go to war with. Hey, will you pick up the phone and be like, Lenore, I need you to pray for me. Joe Heaney, will you pray for me? I need someone to go to war with. Number four, ask for healing. Ask for healing. Keep asking. The Bible says, ask, seek, knock. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be open. When you look at those words, the original language, it's a progressive. It's an ongoing thing. It means ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. The persistent widow. There's a parable in the Bible about a persistent widow. She kept bugging the judge, and finally the judge was like, fine, you can have it. Jesus said that story, not me. If Jesus said that story, you should probably listen to it. If I said that story, you can ignore it. Jesus said it, not me. Ask and keep asking. Don't ever stop. Trust God, last point. Trust God, praise God, and rest in that. It didn't go your way? Cool, chill out. Um, this was because of sin, but I, I, this, story, this, 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 this uh, Bible example, this Bible um, Narrative always fascinates me. King David in sin, got a woman pregnant, had her man killed, and the child passed away. And while the child was sick, the Lord, or David prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and fasted, I believe. And the child passed. And when the child passed, the Bible tells us that David just got up and said, all right, all right, Lord. God is good. Not the results I wanted, not the plan I wanted, not the illustration I wanted, but you're good. He went on and went about his business. Like, I know it's easier said than done, but that's powerful if you can be so content in who God is. Not that you agree, 
was so secure in who God is that when he says no and you've been praying for yes, you're like, all right, that's what you want. Let's roll. I don't know if I'm always there. I think I've had moments. You guys know our story with Kendra and I battling infertility. I had a few moments where I was like, yeah, God, I'm cool. Whatever happens. I don't know if I was fully really cool, <laughs> but I trusted him. Father, we're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray for discernment. We're going to pray for miracles. We're going to pray for your gifts to be on display in our lives. We're going to pray that you do amazing things. God, you already are doing amazing things, but we recognize that just coming to church and singing and clapping isn't enough sometimes. Sometimes we need a little bit more. So Lord, right now, I know we're going long, but Father, we press in. We press in in worship. We press in in prayer. We press in and even just resting in you, Lord, and just maintaining in you. Even though every other part of us says, ah, maybe all of us is freaking out, Lord. God, we rest. Lord, we rest. We rest in you. We rest that even though we don't have all the answers, we rest in the fact that you're good. We rest in the fact that even though the prayers aren't getting answered and met the way we want them to be met, we know that you're working for us, not against us. We thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen.